Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of urinary incontinence from the renal section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 42-year-old woman presents to her primary care physician due to involuntary passage of urine. She reports devoiding small amounts of urine throughout the day and night. She says that this occurs without warning. Medical history is significant for multiple sclerosis treated with ocrelizumab. Physical examination is notable for a distended bladder. This is a case of overflow incontinence secondary to multiple sclerosis. Let's now get into the topic. In terms of a clinical definition, urinary incontinence is involuntary urinary leakage. In terms of diagnostic studies, all patients with urinary incontinence should have a urinalysis. If the symptoms are concerning for a UTI or urinary tract infection, then you would obtain a urine culture. Let's now discuss the main types of urinary incontinence, their associated pathogenesis, their respective presentation clinically, the diagnosis modality, and treatment. The first type of urinary incontinence is stress incontinence. With respect to the pathogenesis, it may be secondary to a number of factors such as weakened pelvic floor muscles, for example due to vaginal deliveries, poor intrinsic sphincter function, and increased urethral mobility. With respect to the clinical presentation, you would notice urinary incontinence with an increase in intra-abdominal pressure, for example with coughing, sneezing, laughing, and physical exertion. There would also be no urine loss at night, and a physical exam may show a cystocele. The main diagnostic modality to diagnose stress incontinence is a Q-tip test. In terms of the treatment, the treatment for stress incontinence is strengthening the pelvic floor muscles via Kegel exercises as first line, and topical estrogen for postmenopausal women, pessary, and mid-urethral sling in patients unresponsive to initial therapy and pessary. The next type of incontinence is urge incontinence. In urge incontinence, the pathogenesis is detrusor muscle overstimulation. With respect to the clinical presentation, you would notice frequent urinary leakage that also occurs at night and disrupts sleep. Note that there would be an urge to urinate and may be unable to reach the bathroom in time. With respect to the diagnostic testing for urge incontinence, the main testing modality is urodynamic testing. With respect to the treatment of urge incontinence, the main treatment modalities are antimuscarinics, for example oxybutynin, and mirabegron. The next type of urinary incontinence is overflow incontinence. The pathogenesis in this is incomplete bladder emptying that results in urinary leakage secondary to detrusor muscle underactivity or bladder outlet obstruction. Detrusor muscle underactivity can be due to age, diabetes mellitus, and multiple sclerosis. Bladder outlet obstruction can be due to fibroids and benign prostatic hyperplasia. In terms of the clinical presentation, overflow incontinence would involve urine loss without warning or triggers. In terms of the diagnosis of overflow incontinence, you would diagnose it with post-void residual volume measurements and urodynamic testing. In terms of the treatment of overflow incontinence, you would use clean intermittent catheterization. And the last type of urinary incontinence that we'll discuss today is mixed incontinence. In terms of the clinical presentation for mixed incontinence, you would notice symptoms of both stress and urge incontinence. With respect to the treatment of this, 
Lifestyle modifications and pelvic floor exercises are first line. If unresponsive to first line treatments, then therapy is based on the predominant symptoms. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. A 51-year-old woman presents to her primary care physician with a six-month history of urinary problems. Specifically, she says that she has had several embarrassing episodes where she urinated during a meeting at work. She says that she felt the urge to urinate, but she was not able to make it to the bathroom in time. She also has experienced nighttime urges to urinate that disrupt her sleep. About one-third of these episodes are such that she starts urinating in bed before she is able to start going to the bathroom. Her past medical history is significant for diabetes and fibroids. She has three living children, all of whom were delivered vaginally. Which of the following mechanisms is most likely responsible for this patient's symptoms? 1. Bladder outlet obstruction 2. Decreased sphincter function 3. Detrusor muscle overactivity 4. Detrusor muscle underactivity or 5. Weakened pelvic floor muscles And the correct answer choice is answer choice 3, detrusor muscle overactivity. This patient who is experiencing an inability to reach the bathroom in time after feeling the urge to urinate most likely has urge incontinence, which is caused by overstimulation of the detrusor muscle. Remember, urinary incontinence can be divided into stress, urge, and overflow incontinence. Urge incontinence occurs when the detrusor muscle becomes overstimulated. It presents with an inability to reach the bathroom in time after feeling the urge to urinate. Notably, the detrusor muscle is innervated by pelvic splanchnic nerves of the parasympathetic division of the autonomic nervous system. These nerves release acetylcholine, which causes contraction of the bladder by binding to the muscarinic receptors. Therefore, the classic treatment for urge incontinence is oxybutynin, which works by inhibiting these receptors. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, bladder outlet obstruction may lead to incontinence, however this obstruction will result in overflow rather than urge incontinence. Answer choice 2, decreased sphincter function may lead to incontinence, however sphincter malfunction will result in stress rather than urge incontinence. Answer choice 4, detrusor muscle underactivity may lead to incontinence, however underactivity will result in incomplete emptying and overflow rather than urge incontinence. And finally, answer choice 5, weakened pelvic floor muscles may lead to incontinence, However, weakened floor muscles will result in stress rather than urge incontinence. In summary, urge incontinence is caused by detrusor muscle overactivity and results in urinary leakage at night despite feeling the urge to urinate. Next question. A 49-year-old G4P4 woman comes to the clinic complaining of repeated leakage of fluid from her vagina for the past five months. She noticed an increase in episodes following her cold last week when she was coughing and sneezing a lot. Her past medical history is significant for Crohn's disease, which is well controlled with sulfasalazine. Her last menstrual period was one year ago. She is currently sexually active with multiple partners with inconsistent condom use. She denies any vaginal itching, abnormal discharge, pain, subpubic pressure, urinary urges, or odors. 
Physical examination is significant for a bulge at the anterior vaginal wall. What is the most likely explanation for this patient's symptoms? 1. Prolapse of the bladder. 2. Detrusor muscle overactivity. 3. Genitourinary syndrome of menopause. 4. Rectovaginal fistula. Or 5. Sexually transmitted infection. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 1, prolapse of the bladder. This patient's symptoms of presumed urine leakage following sneezing and coughing, along with her physical exam findings of anterior vaginal bulge, suggest stress urinary incontinence secondary to cystocele or prolapse of the bladder. Remember, cystocele results from inadequate pelvic support, which is made up of the interaction between muscles of the pelvic floor and connective tissue attachments to the bony pelvis. Risk factors include increased parity, advanced age, obesity, chronic constipation, and hysterectomy. Patients most commonly present with a sensation of pelvic pressure or heaviness or, quote, feeling a bulge. Others may experience stress urinary incontinence, which is the unintentional loss of urine, usually following increases in pressure on the bladder, for example, through coughing, sneezing, heavy lifting, or running. The condition is diagnosed by pelvic examination where a bulge can be visualized. Management includes conservative therapy, for example, vaginal pessary or pelvic floor muscle exercises, and surgical treatments. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 2, detrusor muscle overactivity is seen in urge incontinence, where an overactive bladder leads to urinary leakage with an urge to void immediately. Urinary leakages are not associated with activities such as sneezing or coughing. Answer choice 3, genitourinary syndrome of menopause may be seen in women during menopause due to a decrease in estrogen levels. Symptoms may include an urgent need to urinate or painful urination. Although this patient is in menopause, her lack of other symptoms such as vaginal dryness and physical exam findings such as vaginal bulge make cystocele or prolapse of the bladder more likely. Answer choice 4, rectovaginal fistula, or RVF, is an abnormal fistulous tract that extends between the rectum and the vagina. Patients can present with foul-smelling vaginal discharge, recurrent vaginal or urinary tract infections, and irritation or pain at the vulva or vaginal area. This patient's history of Crohn's disease increases her risk of RVF. However, her lack of the aforementioned symptoms makes this less likely. And finally, answer choice 5, sexually transmitted infection, or STI, is likely in this patient as she is currently sexually active with multiple partners. However, STIs rarely present with intermittent urinary leakage following increases in abdominal pressure. In summary, cystocele or prolapse of the bladder at or beyond the vaginal wall can lead to stress urinary incontinence. And that's all for this review about urinary incontinence. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullet Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts.
It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.